Alhamdulillahi like to welcome all of you in our classes and our sittings from this sittings in Ramadan. We're still reading from the Majalis of Shah Ramadan of our noble Shaykh Al-Allama Abi Abdullah Muhammad bin Salih Al-Uthaymeen Rahimahullah Ta'ala. Even though this is our 12th sitting, but we're going to read from the, the 30th sitting. Actually, the, the last sitting that the Shaykh gave in Ramadan the 30th, number 30. <clears throat> and this pertaining to the end of Ramadan. To the end of, of Ramadan. The Sheikh says, Indeed, the departure of the month of Ramadan has approached, and soon it will be over. Soon, a couple of days, Ramadan will come to an end. He said, This month will surely be either a witness for you or against you based on what you have deposited in it of deeds. However, do righteous deeds, perform righteous deeds in this month, he or she should be grateful to Allah and rejoice with a good reward. Because tawfiq is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We have to humble ourselves. For indeed Allah does not waste the reward of the one who fulfills his command in the best manner. But whoever performed evil deeds in this month, he should turn to Allah with sincere repentance. For indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives whoever repents to him. Allah has already legislated for you in the, end, in the ending of this month of yours some of acts of worship that brings you closer to him, subhanahu wa ta'ala, strengthens your faith, and makes your scales of good deeds heavy. This is how we should look at the things that are legislated for us to do in the end of this blessed month of Ramadan. He, subhanahu wa ta'ala, has legislated for us the giving of zakat al-fitr. Shaykh said, and we already addressed this in detail. It was For us, it was in the previous class of yesterday. Likewise, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala legislated for you to remember Him and to glorify Him and to venerate Him upon the completion of the month of Ramadan. And this dhikr is from the sunset of the, the night of the Eid till the Eid prayer. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in Surah Al-Baqarah verse 184, وَلِتُكْمِلُوا الْعِدَّةَ وَلِتُكَبِّرُوا اللَّهَ عَلَى مَا هَدَاكُمْ وَلَعَلَّكُمْ تَشْكُرُونَ That you may complete your, your counting of the month. You mean you complete the month of Ramadan. And glorify Allah for guiding you to do so. And that you may be grateful to Him. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. So now the Shaykh, he began the first thing. Because Zakat al-Fitr, the Shaykh, he dealt with it. Rahimahullah in one class, one sitting. And that's what we learned yesterday, alhamdulillah. Now he's talking about the dhikr. One of the things that are legislated at the end of the month of Ramadan is a specific form of dhikr. We know that dhikr, the remembrance of Allah, is for all time. Remember Allah, and alhamdulillah, subhanallah, the Prophet has taught us to remember Allah in every moment of our lives. At home, at work, before you eat, before you go to sleep, when you get up to sleep, before you go to the bathroom, coming out, when you travel, before you eat, once you finish eating, when you put your clothes on, when you take off your clothes, subhanAllah, it's amazing. But we're not talking about that dhikr, we're talking about a specific dhikr and remembrance of Allah that the Sheikh is bringing here, 
that is at the end of the month of Ramadan, the Sheikh already gave us the time. That's when the the moon is sighted, for example, of Shawwal, the, the crescent of Shawwal, if the if it's sighted on the 29th, uh, upon completing the 29th day. Or if it's if the month is 30, then automatically that after the at the end of the 30th day of Ramadan, that night, that's the night of Eid. That's where the takbir starts in the end of Ramadan. Until the Eid prayer. Until when the Imam uh, is came in to perform the Eid prayer. Amongst, along with the congregation of the Muslims. Now the manner of this glorification, what to say in this takbir? Uh, because I said it's specific. It's specific takbir. It's not any... You say, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, La ilaha illallah. Wallahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Walillahi alhamd. These different forms, but this is as, as long as we uh, limit ourselves to that which is authentically reported, okay, from the Prophet from the Sahaba, alayhim, But here the Shaykh, he chose this uh, form of takbir, which you say, Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar, La ilaha illallah, Wallahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Walillahi alhamd. Which means in English, Allah is the greatest, Allah is the greatest, none has the right to be worshipped but Him alone, Allah is the greatest, Allah is the greatest, to Allah belongs all praise. So this is the dhikr, okay? For instance, this dhikr, when to say it, how to say it, he said, it is from the Sunnah, Shaykh Wa Taymin says, it is from the Sunnah for men, now for men, not for men and women, for men to proclaim it in the masjid, in the markets, and in their houses, demonstrating their veneration of Allah, and glorification of Allah, their worship of Him, because dua and remembrance is ibadah. And their gratefulness to him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, from that day, like let's say today, is the, uh, the end of Ramadan. As an example. Alright? And then, from Maghrib today, until Eid tomorrow, that's what you do for men. You do it after, while you come into the masjid, while you go into the market, while you're in the market, shopping, while you're at your homes. Amen. Only for men? Yes. The women, the women, that's hmm, coming to answer to your question. The women say it in a very low tone. They say it too. Okay? But the difference is how to say it. Loud or not. The men, they say it loud with live voice. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Hakada. The women, they say it in a very low tone of voice because they are commanded with concealment and speaking in a low tone while in the presence of men. At home they can raise their voice, okay, but they're not uh, in the market or, or coming to the masjid and the like. And there was a statement of Shaykh Ibn Baz concerning the group takbir in which everyone collectively uh, they make this takbir with a single voice. Okay? You find now certain people, especially when they made it to the Eid, and they get to the Musallah of the Eid, and you find a group, if not everybody, Allah A'lam, we can't say everybody, because there's always a people, alhamdulillah, that they know the Sunnah and practice the Sunnah. But you find a, a group of the people, they say it together. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, la ilaha illallah. Even with a tone, they chant in it. And they say it all together. There is a, even somebody who is inside them. Say it together. Say it with us. Can't say by yourself. Is this is from the Sunnah or not? Shaykh Abdul Aziz bin Baz, one of those great scholars, he said, concerning this, those people who they make the takbir and the Eid, together, collectively, with a single voice, before the eight prayer, or even after the daily prayers, or even after the daily prayers. He says, Rahimahullah, the congregational takbir, 
is a newly introduced matter in the religion, pida, innovation. Therefore, it is an innovation. And if the people do an act which opposes the pure legislation, it is obligatory to prevent them from doing so and to refute them. Worship must be the derived from revelation. Only that which is in the Quran and the Sunnah, point two, is considered legislation. As for the statements and opinions of men, there is no evidence in them if they oppose the legislative proofs. That which is legislated concerning the takbir is that each Muslim says the takbir in a manner that has been narrated and that they say it individually. They don't come up with their own takbir or just because somebody come up with a, a form of takbir and add here, there, there and, and it rhymes nice to the people. Now people are going to leave what the Sahaba used to say and adhere to that. La. Or to say it together. La. Because it's not what legislated for us now. Shaykh al says, How beautiful is the condition of the people when glorifying Allah and venerating Him in all places at the conclusion of their fast. They fill the horizon with their voices. That's what the Sahaba used to do. They used to raise their voices. Likewise, they used to raise their voice with the talbiyah. When they are upon ihram and performing hajj or umrah, they used to raise their voices with talbiyah. They fill the horizon with their voices, glorifying Allah, praising Him, and singling Him out alone with worship. We sing Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, La ilaha illallah, Tawheed. So, so praising Him and singling Him out alone with worship while hoping for His mercy and fearing His punishments. And it's amazing you find people, they don't, they don't make takbir at all. The night comes in, the day, the next morning they come and they're just talking to each other instead of uh, uh, rem- remembering Allah and, and making the takbir. Likewise, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the glorified, has legislated for his slaves the Eid prayer. So now that's what the point about the takbir. The takbir is legislated for the Eid. When does it start? Hmm? That's sunset. Sunset of the, the night of the Eid. If the crescent is sided, or if it's not sided, we complete, as the Prophet says, the Ramadan 30 days, and the next night, automatically, is the night of the Eid. Okay? Until when? Until khutbah or Eid? Or Salat. The Salat, until the Eid prayer. So, meaning when you come that morning, coming to the Eid, Instead of worrying about getting a parking spot, no, no, you're making takbir, Allahu Akbar, Allah. You give salam to the people. How you doing? When somebody wants to talk to you, stop the takbir and talk to them. But then that's what you want to do, keep in your mind, because he has a limit time. So you come to the musalla, you sit. If you pray in the masjid, you pray to hate al masjid. Okay? And then you sit and you remember Allahu Akbar. Everybody say to himself, even though that the person next to you make one side with you. It's okay. The ulama, they said it's okay. For example, I'm saying, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. And then somebody started at the same time with me. I'm not going to stop or tell him, Akhi, don't say it with me. No, he's not saying it with me. It just happened, alhamdulillah, in the time that we're saying it at the same time, right? But we didn't intend it. It's not like, Akhi, before you start, let's start together. One, at three, okay? One, two, three. Allah. Akhi, you're late. Come on, let's do it all over again. All right? At three, man. One. No, you can't do that. All right? Sometimes you find a person standing. like, oh, stop. All of you, stop, 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 stop. It's not in order. Come on, guys. Come on, guys. Let's, let's follow the sunnah. This is sunnah. <laughs> what sunnah is it? And he stopped every... La, everybody say it to himself. Now, and what do we say? We mentioned the women, they raise their voice or not? When they're alone, they can Okay, at home and alone, they, they, they say it. But if they are coming in a market, they say it to themselves. Okay, now. Now the Sheikh is going to move to another point. The Eid prayer. 
and the feast of the Eid and the like. He said, likewise, Allah the Glorified has laid for his slaves the Eid prayer on the day of the feast, the day of the Eid. It is one of the most complete forms of remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is one of the most complete forms of remembering Allah. The Prophet ﷺ has commanded his nation, his ummah, both men and women, to establish it, meaning the eight prayer, and his command must be fulfilled due to statement of Allah Taala in Surah Muhammad, verse 33. O you who believe, obey Allah and obey the Messenger وسلم, and make not your works vain. The Prophet has commanded the women to attend the Eid prayer, even though the best place for women in their homes. I know. The best place for a woman is in the house. It is permissible for the women to come to the masjid to attend the salat, some classes, as long as they respect uh, certain etiquettes. For instance, of course, the women, they leave their home, whether coming for the masjid or going to the hospital or shopping or whatever they may be, they have to adorn themselves with the proper hijab. And the women, they need to learn what is the proper hijab in Islam, not what is the hijab in their customs. Some women, they wear the hijab of their customs, what their country is upon. And you find them, most or many parts of their bodies are Exposed and they're like, oh, that's the hijab in our country. Hmm? Do what you gotta do in your country. La, you got the hijab of Islam. The woman should learn the hijab. Alhamdulillah, there is work from the ulama. One of the most outstanding is, is and being translated into English, maybe into other languages, is the work on the book of our noble Sheikh, <coughs> Al Allam Al Muhaddith, Muhammad Nasruddin Al Albani, Rahimahullah, Jilbab Al Mar Al Muslima. The Jilbab, the outfit of the Muslim women. So in that book, subhanAllah, it's amazing. Read it, they will find, subhanAllah, because he went through the many details. The texture, the... Some women, yes, they cover everything, but it's tight. That's not, that's not the proper hijab. Women, they cover some parts of their bodies, but other parts are not covered. Some women, they think, because of their custom, just cover the head, the hair. That's it. That's why you find them, tight jeans, uh, gap t-shirts and then they uh, but the hair has to be covered right wrong have to be covered now what about the the feet she's in a skirt that's okay but the hair oh no no nobody should see the hair and they need to learn the proper hijab and we give you a reference alhamdulillah now Likewise, the women, they should not uh, leave uh, while uh, having perfume on. The, the woman doesn't put perfume on and leave the house. Likewise, she doesn't make a makeup, especially if she doesn't cover her face. Okay, and now that she has all the, the, the red and all the blue and the purple and I don't know what on her cheeks. And then she's going to go out like she don't do that. She don't beautify herself and go outside. Likewise, she doesn't wear any materials or clothing that fitna clothing that attract the men. And she should adorn herself with taqwa. She should come to the masjid. The way she walk and the way she talk. And she don't hang in front of the masjid. Or, nah, she goes straight to the musalla. And if her coming to the masjid does not uh, interfere with with some of her obligations. I know. That's another topic. Alhamdulillah, we just want to mention some of the points we get related to. So the women, yes, keep in mind, the best place for you is in your homes. But of course, the women are in different levels of iman, like we are too. So a woman, mashallah, she wants to come to the masjid, she can, but she just has to adorn herself with this. And even the Prophet ﷺ, he says, لا تمنعوا إماء الله من المساجد Do not prevent the, the female slaves of Allah from them attending the masjid with the etiquette. And even when the, one of the great companions, Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu anhumah, 
when he mentioned this, one of his sons, he says, Wallahi, we prevent them. I prevent them. They said that he was so upset with him that he even talked to him. He said, how can I tell you the Prophet says, and he says, Wallahi, you prevent them. So this is the etiquette, alhamdulillah, from the best of mankind, the Prophet Muhammad Yes, if a woman chooses to stay home and to pray home and don't come to the masjid, alhamdulillah, it's good for her. But if she wants to come, then she's, all she has to do is to adorn herself with these manners of Islam, okay? Alhamdulillah. Now, He said, the Prophet ﷺ, we mentioned the ayah, right? The Prophet ﷺ has commanded the women to attend the Eid prayer, even though the best place for women is their homes. This occasion is an exception. The proof which supports this is the narration of Ummu Atiyah, radiallahu anha, who said, Amarana Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam an nukhrijahunna fil fitri wal adha al awatiq wal huyad wa dhawat al khudur. فَأَمَّا الْحُيَّةِ فَيَعْتَزِلْنَا الْمُصَلَّى وَيَشْهَدْنَا الْخَيْرِ وَدَعْوَةَ الْمُسْلِمِينَ قلت يا رسول الله إحدانا لا يكون لها جلباب قال لتلبسها أختها من جلبابها Pay attention now to this narration and he has some rules and regulations pertaining to women coming to the masjid or the musalla actually for the Eid to attend the Eid prayer and celebration with the Muslims alhamdulillah she said, the Messenger of Allah وسلم, commanded us to bring out on Eid al-Fitr and Eid al-Adha, both of them. To bring out, meaning to the Eid, young women. Hijab observing adult women and the menstruating women, even the women their menstruation they come. However, the women on their menses, because this is what Allah SWT has uh, uh, put upon the women, they have their menses, for those who still have their menses, Alhamdulillah, this one Allah has legislated, Alhamdulillah, this is the sunnah of Allah, but uh, it may happen that the woman, she may, when the Eid comes, she's be in her menses, other women, they're not in their menses, Alhamdulillah. So they come too. They don't say, oh, she's on her menses. You stay home. You're not going. No, she come too. She come too. But however, these women, they stayed out of actual prayer area. Okay? They don't come to where they, they're going to pray. They stay in the back somewhere when, when uh, not considered from the musalla, the prayer area. Uh, but participate in good deeds and supplication. I said, meaning Umm Atiyah, Umm Atiyah, said to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, O Messenger of Allah, one may not have an outer garment. She said, what about the woman? Some, some, one of us may not have something to wear to go out. SubhanAllah, they stay home. Because they don't have an outer garment to go out. But now you find the sister, she has uh, two closets full of clothing, but still going like, to have a problem. Why? Because I don't know what. Look, this is a com- female companion. She asking the Prophet Ya Rasulullah, one does not have an outer garment. The Prophet says, let her sister cover her with her garment, meaning to give her one. So those sisters who they don't have, hijab, proper hijab, they don't know what it is. Then you, those who do, give them one. Inshallah. So then when they come to the masjid, they come fi hishmah, modest way. It's amazing sometimes, especially after the Eid prayer, especially in some masajid, you, don't, you do not want to leave immediately. <laughs> you want to stay inside until it clears out. So much so as find some women, subhanAllah, they think that on the Eid prayer, that's when they show their adornment. And Allah almost have. You've seen in some places when the women come from the musalla, because the Eid prayer, a lot of people come from all over. And many of these women, they don't know the etiquette of the hijab for whatever reason. Themselves, they are not learning. Those who are their parents or their husbands or whatever, they're not teaching them the proper hijab for whatever reason. But you see that. Women come in Allahul Musta'an. The way they dress and 
Allah Musta'an, Allah Musta'an. I don't even want to go and describe that. All right? I know. But we, ad- we, we, we advise these women to fear Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala, and this is not how you express your love and joy. It's by the takbir, you know, and by uh, applying uh, the commands of Allah and the commands of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu If any one of us know people like that, we talk to them. We, if they say, I don't have nothing, no hijab to wear, here, here is one. Here, you can have it if you want to give it, or after the Eid, bring it back, inshallah. You know, but it's better to even give it to them. Alhamdulillah. Now, Shaykh Murataymin says, continue to say, from among the highly recommended deeds of Eid al-Fitr is to eat a few dates in odd number. Witter. Now, three, five or more before leaving for the prayer. Now, before you leave the, to the Eid prayer, on the day of the Eid, eat some dates. Now here, yes, is the proof. Remember, the iftar, the ulama, they mentioned from them, Shaykh Muratimin himself, Shaykh bin Baz and others, they says, when you break the fast, you can't say, look, you have to break fast on an ad number of dates because there is no delil. There is no delil for that. But rather the proof is on the Eid, on the Eid day. Okay? The proof for this is the statement of the Anas ibn Malik radiallahu anhu said, كان النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لا يغضو يوم الفطر حتى يأكل تمرات ويأكلهن وترا. Because of this, he just clicked with Imam al-Bukhari, Imam Ahmed rahimahum Allah, or Imam Ahmed and Imam al-Bukhari rahimahum Allah. The Prophet ﷺ did not leave out for the prayer on the day of the Eid al-Fitr until he ate an odd number of days. Eid al-Fitr, not Eid al-Adha, okay? It's good to remember the exact uh, details, okay? So this one thing you do is a sunnah. It's a sunnah that you eat some dates. Don't come, you're still fasting, you didn't eat nothing. After Fajr, you pray Fajr and you still didn't eat nothing and you come here, ah, break. Because that's not a day of fasting now. And the sunnah is that you eat three dates or five or seven or the like, or eat something else. One should leave out walking on food. From the etiquettes of the, the Eid day, also one of them is to leave out walking on foot. Not on a ride. Except. That's what you're looking for, right? Except. Okay. Alhamdulillah. The Sheikh says, except if there was an excuse such as disabilities. If someone disabled, how are you going to walk? Or remoteness of the place. The place is far. Now you can ride, Alhamdulillah. You can drive or ride. Any ride, take the the uh, what do you call them? Marta, what do you call them? Mara. What do you call them? The, the public transportation. Yes. Public transportation. Taxi, whatever. You can come. You can get a taxi. You can. You can get uh, the bus. You can drive. But it's better for those who have the ability to do so to do what? To walk. Aina. The proof for that is the statement of Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu anhu. From the Sunnah is walking on foot to the Eid prayer. Aina. It is also, Shaykh Muhammad says, it is also from the Sunnah for the men to purify themselves on that day. So now for those people who, they are close to the Musalla, the area where the, because the, the Sunnah is to pray in the Musalla. For those who cannot pray in the Musalla, they pray in the Masjid. But the Sunnah is to pray in the Musalla. The Prophet Sallallahu used to pray in the Musalla al-Eid. <coughs> so, for the people that that Musalla or the area, whatever they're going to, where the Eid prayer is performed, is close to them, they can walk. They walk, inshallah. Those who are far, now nah, they, they drive, okay? Or catch any public transportation or catch a ride with others, alhamdulillah, now. Nah. Another etiquette is also from the sunnah for the men to beautify themselves on that day, putting on their best garments. So you have your best garment, make sure now it's already clean, 
is ironed, mashallah, is ready for you. That's what you're going to wear on the day of the Eid. This is based on the narration of Abdullah ibn Umar who said, Akhada Umar, and Umar Abu, Jubbatan min istabra, ay harir, tuba'u fi suq, fa'ata biha Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, faqal, ya Rasulullah, ibta'a hadihi, yani ishtariha, tajammal biha lil'eid wal wufud, فقال له رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إنما هذه لباس من لا خلاق له. said عمر رضي الله عنه he bought a garment made of silk حرير from the market and brought it to the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم and said O Messenger of Allah buy this garment from the market and adorn yourself with it on the day of Eid and for when you when delegates visit you when other you know delegations they visit you. So the Prophet said, this dress is only for those who do not have any portion of the hereafter. Silk. So now before you go to uh, Marshalls or J.C. Penney or Macy's or Coles and those and you see the sale. Oh, sale. 75%. 75%. Now pay attention. See what it is. Is it made out of silk or not or this or that? Okay? If it's silk, it's not permissible for men to wear. The Prophet ﷺ said, Shaykh Muhammad explains, now he said, the Prophet said this to Umar only because it is forbidden on men to adorn themselves with silk and gold. As for the women, as for the women, they must leave their home for the prayer with an adornment that is not eye-catching. You see? They should not leave their homes wearing something that is eye-catching without putting on perfume and without unveiling their body. Because this woman now, the Muslim, that believe in Allah, and believe in His Messenger, believe in the last day, she want to be from the people of Jannah, she is commanded to veil herself and is prohibited from displaying her charms from putting and from putting on perfume when going out. Not just on an Eid, any place. SubhanAllah. So once again, it is upon the women to realize this. It's good for them. Aynam. She cannot say, oh, I don't know, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. You don't do what you're going to do. You do what you're commanded to do. Aynam. Likewise, from the etiquettes of the Eid, Shaykh Mu'adhimin, he says, the Muslim must perform the Eid prayer with tranquility and with full attention. He should remember Allah often, invoking Him, hoping for His mercy, and fearing His punishment. One should also remember the, great, the greatest sitting in front of Allah and standing in front of Allah on day of judgment. Amen. Because now you see a lot of crowds should remind you people that will be resurrected and all stand in front of Allah on Yawm Al-Qiyamah. This should come to him to his mind while he is gathered with the people in the prayer area. Also consider the, their difference in virtue among themselves in these sittings. And the even greater difference there will be in virtue in the hereafter. Amen. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Isra, verse 21. Behold how we have exalted some of them over others in the present life. And surely the hereafter shall be greater in degrees of rank and greater in excellence. Aina. Likewise, Shaykh Al-Ataymin continue to give us these guidelines. He says, A Muslim should be happy with Allah's bounty upon him for allowing him to reach the month of Ramadan and for granting him success and her too. We're just talking him, but this is for the women as well. A Muslim in general, male or a female, should be happy with Allah's bounty upon him for allowing him to reach the month of Ramadan and for granting him success to keep up with the prayer, fasting, recitation of the Qur'an, 
given of charity and other than that from among the righteous deeds that the people Muslim they performed in this blessed month of Ramadan. For indeed it is better for him than the world and whatsoever in it is in its power. That salat he prayed that tarawih the fasting for this month, the charity you gave, even if it's little, the Quran you have recited and the like and the dhikr and all that. Allahu Akbar. It's better than what's in the world, the whole world, and what's whatsoever is in it. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in Surah Yunus, verse 58, قُلْ بِفَضْلِ اللَّهِ وَبِرَحْمَتِهِ فَبِذَلِكَ فَلْيَفْرَحُوا هُوَ خَيْرٌ مِمَّا يَجْمَعُونَ Say, all this is through the grace of Allah and through His mercy therein. Therefore, let them rejoice. You're guided. Rejoice. Be happy that you are guided to Islam, to the Sunnah, to Salafiyyah. You pray, you remember Allah, you worship Allah alone. Others don't. Yes, they have better cars than yours. They live in better houses than you. They make better money than you. They're stronger and musclier than you. But they don't have what Allah has given you. They don't have Tawheed, they don't have Sunnah. Allahu Akbar. He says, let them rejoice in the guidance that Allah has given them that is better than what they hoard and, and gather and amass from this, from this world and this dunya that they're not going to take with them most definitely. Now, and even they're not going to help them on Yawm Al-Qiyamah. Shaykh Muratayimin, he says, indeed, standing in prayer during the nights of Ramadan with faith and sincerity is among the ways in which sins are forgiven. And it is a means of gaining salvation from them as well. Therefore, the true believer is happy for completing his fast and his night prayer in order for him to be purified from his sins. Allah. And this is because of the hadith. Aynam, the hadith that we know. Man sama Ramadana iman wahtisaban ghafir lahum ma taqaddam min dhanbi. من قام رمضان إيمان واحتساب غفر له ما تقدم ذنبي من قام ليلة القدر إيمان واحتساب غفر له ما تقدم ذنبي. Those narrations that we know and we've heard before from our noble masayikh in their classes and the like that we have presented. Whoever fasts the month of Ramadan with faith and seek and reward from Allah, all his previous sins will be forgiven. Whoever revive the nights and stand in the night prayer in Ramadan with sincerity with faith. And seeking the reward, all of his previous sins were forgiven. Likewise, Laylatul Qadr, Allahu Akbar. This is the most important thing for us, that our sins are forgiven, so when we stand in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and don't, we don't see those sins. Mm. The Shaykh, he says, as for the one who is weak in his faith, he is happy for the completion of Ramadan, in order to be done with the fast which was a burden upon that person, subhanAllah. See, the person who is strong in Iman, he's happy, why? Yes, the, the month of Ramadan comes to an end, you find this person is happy and this person is happy. They're both happy, but the reasons are different. The, mean, the reasons why this person is happy is totally different than the reason why this person is happy. This person who is strong in Iman and faith, knows the importance of Ramadan, he's so happy because Alhamdulillah he completed the fast, which is a means of forgiveness of sins and mercy and tranquility and draw him near to Allah. And he has, he or she has performed the prayers, the, the taraweeh, they give charity, all of this. Now the Sheikh is talking about, as for the one who is weak in his faith, he is happy too, for the completion of Ramadan. But why? He says, in order to be done with the fast which was a burden upon him or her. And he calls for an easiness and discomfort in his heart or her heart. You see? Then, oh, Alhamdulillah, Ramadan is over, man. No more fasting, no more taraweeh, Allahu Akbar. No Akbar, huh? No more fasting, no more taraweeh, no burden, man. We can wait until we get back to the normal life. <laughs> normal life. <coughs> The Shaykh says, Rahimallah, the difference between these two groups is huge. Don't you see it? It's huge. And the Shaykh says, Oh my brothers, know that although the month of Ramadan is over, the believers, well, for us, it's almost over. When Ramadan comes to an end, 
the believer's deeds must never end as long as he is alive. You don't fast only in Ramadan, pray to Hajjud only in Ramadan, give charity only in Ramadan, read Quran only in Ramadan. Ramadan will come to an end because Ramadan is only one month. But for those amongst us who will alive, be stay, stay, still alive after Ramadan, you don't stop worshiping Allah because Ramadan is over. Some people, they stop praying because of Ramadan is over. Wow, the Salat is a pillar of Islam, not a pillar of Ramadan. Some people think, oh, you know, you got to pray for your fast to be accepted. But then, after Ramadan, they stop praying. Big mistake. Big mistake. Now, we have to continue to worship Allah SWT in every moment of our lives. Because Allah SWT says in Surah Al-Hijr, verse 99, وَعْبُدْ رَبَّكَ Worship your Lord until certain minute death overtakes you. The believer, the Muslim, doesn't take a break of worshiping Allah. He can't just like somebody, if somebody think, Oh man, I, I worked hard in this Ramadan, man, no sleep, a lot of salat, taraweeh, charity, he's going to take a two months break. No salat, no charity, no remembrance of Allah, because this miskin thinks he or she I've done enough for Ramadan. Ah, one night of Qadr, mashallah, it's better than 83 years. What, what's not going to hurt if I take two, three months break? Go for a vacation in Cancun or whatever, no salat, no nothing? Big problem. What if death come upon that person when he's taking that vacation? Vacation from what? From worshiping Allah? Can't do that. Now we continue to worship Allah, ya khwan. Also, the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Imran, verse 101. O you who believe, have taqwa of Allah by fulfilling His commands and the commands of His Messenger, to the best of your ability, you should learn what are these commands and act upon them sincerely for Allah. And also by staying away from the prohibitions. Whatever Allah has made prohibited upon us and His Messenger ﷺ has made prohibited as legislated to us by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. O who you believe have taqwa of Allah as He deserves to be feared and, and obeyed and I not accept in the state of Islam as Muslims. The ulama from the Noble Shaykh Al-Fawzan and others they mention die not accept as Muslims. He says, this is not up to you to die upon Islam. It's not up to you when the angel of death... You no, know, it's not up to you. You don't know how, what is the, the, the last thing you're going to die, die on. That's why we ask Allah SWT to make our last actions the good actions. Amen. He says, but so therefore what it means? It's not up to you to die upon Islam. Because some people, they may be Muslims for their entire life. Right before death comes to them, they switch. They says, no, this Islam ain't no good, man. Christianity. They, they, they become atheists, agnostics, Buddhists. So, so what this ayah mean? It says, for those who are sincere and adhere to Islam teachings by learning Islam and adhering to his teachings, then if they are persistent upon their consistent, inshallah, death is going to come upon them while they are doing that and they die as a Muslim. That's what it means. Also, the Shaykh mentioned the hadith, the Prophet says, When the slave dies, his deeds will be cut off. And this is, uh, this hadith is collected by Imam al-Bukhari in, in, uh, in Al-Adab al-Mufrad, the great book that the ulama, they advise the people to read this book, Al-Adab al-Mufrad, of Imam al-Bukhari, it's, this is different than his sahih. And uh, Imam al-Albani authenticate this narration. The Prophet ﷺ has not placed an end to deeds except with the arrival of death. So he says, When death comes, that's when the deeds come to an end. So no one, he's still alive, breathing, enjoying the favors of Allah and denounce ibadah. Now, why, yaqi? Why you not salat? No, I've done enough in Ramadan. And you see some people in Ramadan, they're always in the first row, reading Quran, 
this, that, then after Ramadan, they gone back to the streets, to the dunya. This is a big mistake. A big mistake. Now, Sheikh Al-Athimi said, even though fasting the month of Ramadan is over, huh, when it comes to an end, the believer will not stop fasting due to that. Um, just because Ramadan comes to an end, person is not going to fast until the next Ramadan, if there is any next Ramadan for such a person. He says, it is legislated for us. The fasting remains legislated throughout the year. And all praises due for, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for that. It is narrated by Abu Ayyub al-Ansari radiallahu anhu, who said that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said, Man sama ramadana thumma atba'ahu sitan min shawwal kana kasiyam al-dahr. This hadith is collected by Imam Muslim in his sahih. The Prophet says, whoever fasted the month of Ramadan and then follows it with six days of fasting in Shawwal, Shawwal is the month that comes right after Ramadan. It is as if he fasted the entire year. The ulama, they mention uh, that these days of six of Shawwal, first of all, you don't fast on the day of the Eid. It's not permissible to fast on the day of the Eid. So you can start on the second of Shawwal, not the first of Shawwal. You can fast them six in a row, okay? Or you can separate these days, no problem. As long as you complete six days in Shawwal, you can fast them all in a, in a row, from the second to the seventh, right? Alhamdulillah, you finish. Or you can wait. Don't start until the 10th of Shawwal. Oh, you can put them on Mondays. Some people they say, oh, I'm going to fast Mondays and Thursdays of Shawwal. Alhamdulillah, it's good too. Fast two days in a row, break three days and fast another day. As long as you fast those six days in Shawwal. Even though Shaykh Muratayimin himself, Rahimahullah, he mentioned, he says, for those who have the ability, it's better to do it immediately after the Eid. Especially, he says, if you're in an area where a lot of people, maybe your family members and the people in the community, they all fast those days immediately. It becomes easy for you to fast. But if you put it off and all your family, they fasted, and now you want to get up and then suhoor, it becomes difficult. Now. It is also legislated for us to fast three days in every month. It's not just Ramadan come to an end, that's it. No more fasting until the next Ramadan. Of course, Ramadan is obligation, is obligatory. However, fasting like six or days, well, it's not an obligation. If someone don't fast, it's nothing against that person. Likewise here, three days in every month. Except for what month? Except for Ramadan. Ramadan, you know, like all the hadith says to it. Sheikh says, nah, other than Ramadan. All right? Because the Prophet says, Fasting three days in every month and fasting from one Ramadan to another, this is fasting the entire year. Because the ulama, they mentioned that because the, and this colleague Imam Ahmad, Imam Muslim, said because based on the rahmah of Allah, the vast mercy of Allah and His generous that the deed is, is, is reward by 10. So when you fast 3 days, 3 times 10 is what? 30. Do you reward for a whole month? You fast 3 days, you get the reward for a whole month. That's it. And the month of Ramadan is for what? Huh? Aina. Ala ayin. It's recommended to fast 3 days. And those 3 days of the month in any days. You can fast the 13, 14, 15, the 1st, the 15th, and the 29th, or you can fast the uh, 2nd, the 3rd, and the 7th, the 19th, the 18th, and the 16th, whatever, three days. Two Mondays and one Thursday, two Thursdays and one Monday, three Mondays or three Thursdays, or one Wednesday and two Tuesdays of the week, of the week or the month. Huh? Abdullah, you with me? <laughs> of, the, of the month. This is only one Tuesday in every week, right? Yeah. Allah Akbar. Now.
Abu Huraira said that the Prophet Khalil, he's Khalil, meaning the Prophet Muhammad has strongly advised me with three things. Prophet strongly advised Abu Huraira with three things. From among the three things which the Prophet mentioned was the first three days of every month. Three days of every month. And this is a companion from the companions, the great companions of the of the Prophet, but he advised him to fast three days of every month. What is the other two? Shaykh Hidin mentioned them. What is the other two? Salat al-Duha Ahsan, to pray Salat Turaqa, Salat Duha, and to make witr before he goes to sleep. And the ulama, they mention why, even though the witr, the best, the best time for it is when? In the last third of the night. But why the Prophet ﷺ will advise Abu Huraira to pray right after Isha? Naam? Ahsan. Because Abu Hurairah used to stay up upon hadith and review the hadith and this and that. So he tired the Prophet the ulama from the Bulu'ayimin himself. Rahimullah says the Prophet he advised everyone to what's better for them. That's what they said. Of course, no doubt that the prayer, the night prayer, and especially witr, performed in the last third of the night is better than any other moment of the night. However, for those who have the ability, mashallah, they know themselves that they, they are able to get up hour, two hours or more or less before Fajr, that's what they do. Let them delay the winter. Whatever they pray, 11, 9, 7, 5, 3 or even 1, let them pray at that time, that's a, that's a, a very good time. Okay? Virtual time. But for those who are struggling, they can barely get up for Fajr. What they do? Pray with her before they go to sleep. That's what's better for them, alhamdulillah. Now, inshallah ta'ala, what we're going to do, we're going to stop here. And uh, there is still some, a lot of good things we want. We're not going to be able to finish. We have like a couple minutes before the iftar. If you don't mind, we're going to see you tomorrow, inshallah. Okay? All right? We're going to break the rule. <laughs> and this, because it may be the last, we're not going to be able to see you next weekend because it's going to be the Eid. With this next weekend is going to be the Eid because the Eid, inshallah, may be Friday or Saturday. Okay? So we're not going to be able to see you, inshallah, this coming weekend. So we're going to try to finish this huh? tomorrow, same time, 7.45, inshallah.